Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Birth Queen Podcast. I am the birthday girl and your host, Rachel Nix, and I am so happy to be here with you, both me, myself, and I, um, all three of us, to discuss today, don't let these kids steal your sexy. And I also want to address fucking mom guilt because it's trash and I don't deal in it. And I oftentimes have conversations with mothers who are like, I always feel guilty. And then I always feel odd because I'm like, I don't do mom guilt. And my goal and gift to every mother in this world is to not deal with mom guilt. So we're going to try to break all that down today. Um, How are you feeling? How are you feeling? How are you feeling? I am dressed up in sequins today, if you are listening, because it is important to still feel beautiful and still put effort into you, even though you're a mom. And I understand it's very difficult at times to find the time to do that. But if you have a quick second, I know it sounds crazy, even if it's just a robe or some lipstick or a high heel in your kitchen, I want you to run and grab something that makes you feel sexy. Some cute panties. And if you're in your panty drawer and you don't have any cute panties, go order you some right now. (laughs) I'm giving you time as I light my beautiful Harlem candle. Harlem Candle Company candle. Okay. So... My ritual is making sure that I always light my Harlem Candle Company candle because that is very important to me. Um, Shout out to Cherry Johnson. She's going to be like, girl, are you really going to talk about me on every episode? I just think I am. And while don't think I forgot, while I'm waiting for you to find something to make you feel sexy, I want to shout out two amazing writers whose books I received this week. And you guys know that the the basis of the Birth Queen podcast is all about Black maternal health. Um, And so I received Birthing Nation by Sabia Wade, the Black doula, um, in the mail today. And I can't wait to dive into it. I actually think I'm going to be able to meet her hopefully next month. And I received, excuse me, Pregnant While Black, by Monique Rainford, and she is absolutely going to be a guest on the podcast. We are literally emailing back and forth, and I think I owe her an email <laughs> to figure that out. So, okay, did you did you get your, your sexy item, and are you ready to rock and roll? I've got my, my birthday babe uh, goblet, and I'm going to sip on some water. And I want to open by talking about um, the importance of maintaining you. So in this case, it would be Rachel. So I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a mommy. And that was important to me. Um, But I was conscious about once I became pregnant, and even before, I I saw an Ayurvedic doctor and I really made sure that I cleansed my body and treated my body like a temple and myself like a queen. I don't think I fully had all of the language that I have today referencing um, 
you know, me being a queen and mothers being a queen, but I knew that I wanted to honor my body and my spirit um, to prepare myself to become a mother. And then I remember um, with their dad also making sure that he maintained himself. So he loves to run. And I remember when Samuel was born, I said, I don't care what happens. I want to make sure you always have time to do what you love to do. And I know that one thing is running. So I made sure that I structured our lives so that he always had that. And for women I and that become mothers, I believe it's really important that you always have something that you recognize about yourself pre-mom, right? And in the fourth trimester, what I really did well with my second child was make sure that I had my gel mani-pedi, <laughs> My brows done, my lashes done, and I got braids because with Samuel, I pushed for three hours and I had this vision or thought that I might look like Beyonce when I was done giving birth. But after three hours of pushing, I had broken blood vessels, swollen eyes, um, and a, a hot mess, messy bun. And so for baby two, I was like, uh-uh, I have not had braids in 16 years, but I'm gonna get me some braids. So at least my hair is done when I roll out of bed. And the thing with lashes, I feel like I also with when my lashes are done and my brows are done, I can just like roll out of bed, even if I've had no sleep and feel pretty, you know, and I love having healthy skin, um, and I, as when I'm pregnant, I really, you know, the skin is our largest organ in our body and we oftentimes forget to take care of it. And I'm pretty good, you know, when I'm not pregnant about taking care of my skin, but when I'm pregnant, I get all the oils and try all the oils and take all the, the bubble baths and just luxuriate in my body. Um, and so I want you to, if you're not a mother or you already are a mother to really build in time, not just your face, right? But to really take care of your body, your skin, work out, lather yourself with oils, get a body scrub, get facials, give yourself a facial. If you can't afford, you know, for someone else to pamper you, pamper yourself. I remember during the pandemic, I was pregnant with Baldwin and I bought a whole gel mani set and I gave myself gel manicures during the pandemic and pedicures. And it was adorable because Samuel at the time was three and he got really into it too. And what I realized was I was teaching my son about mommy's self-care. And this is something I also want to talk about. You know, we often talk about teaching our girls how to take care of their, themselves, but it's important that we teach our boys to take care of themselves. Like I use oils on my boys and teach them how to, you know, lather their bodies and take care of their bodies postpartum. But a beautiful, take care of their bodies postpartum, no, post bath. <laughs> um, but I remember a really special memory being pregnant with Baldwin. Samuel, of course, would run in when I was taking my bubble baths with Epsom salt. And he was like, wait, mommy, what are you putting in your bath? And he enjoyed the candle that I had. He enjoyed the oils that I had and the music I had on and the, the bubbles and all the things. And so when he would have a bath, he was like, I want all of that. I want a bath bomb. I want bubbles. I want a candle lit. And it made me think, you know what, why not um, create a beautiful uh, space for bath time for our children? 
And he also really got into helping me, um, you know, moisturize my body after a bath and rub on my belly and kept time to connect with his brother um, while I was pregnant. Uh, it was a really beautiful thing. Baldwin absolutely knew who his brother was. Like after I had him, I was like, we don't even need to do a hearing test because I know every single time Samuel would say something, Baldwin responded in my belly. It um, it was pretty magical. And their bond today is really beautiful and magical. They like hug and hold hands and they absolutely, you know, kick, jump, punch and fall all over the place the way um, most boys do. Um, but what I what I ch- challenge and encourage all parents to do is teach children to honor and love their bodies as well. And when they see us love on ourselves, they adopt that. Um, the <laughs> when you talk about self-care, so things that Rachel do, you know, does is definitely always have her nails done. Uh, something I learned from my mother. My mother always got her nails done. And when I hit a certain age, she didn't take me every time because I, I believe it's important for, you know, us to be able to go get our nails done by ourselves. But she would take me with her. And you know, sometimes I, most times I would get my nails done too. And I learned to love it. But what I'm super grateful about my mom's lesson in that self-care act of getting our nails done is number one, we had time as mother daughter to bond. Number two, she taught me to take care of myself. But the most beautiful lesson she taught me is you take care of you for you. And I remember, you know, that shift with puberty when girls are like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to wear to high school? Because, you know, we have a crush on a boy or who whatever. I never got dressed um, for anyone but Rachel. I never got my nails done for anyone but Rachel. Um, outside of, you know, if I was dating someone and they they were like, I like French tips or I like green, you know, then I'd be like, OK, I'm going to get some French tips or some green for you. Uh, but it was really for me. I, I, If I wanted to put on a lip gloss or light makeup in high school, it wasn't because I was trying to impress anyone else. And I don't, I think by maybe my third or fourth year, I started to go, wow, there are young women, friends of mine that are doing things to attract someone else or because they don't feel good about themselves. And one thing for me is I go and I do my self-care because I love myself and because it makes me feel good, right? It's not like a a covering up or whatever. Um, And truly, I feel my my most beautiful when my skin is really healthy. Like right now, I'm in desperate need of vitamin D. Like when I'm tan and I'm eating clean, you know, and then having a cocktail after I ate clean, (laughs) I I feel... um, my best. And truly, I had this photo shoot when I was pregnant with Baldwin that I I don't know if anyone has ever taken professional photos before in their life, but I got the photos back and I was like, who the hell is this beautiful queen? I just will forever remember and uh, that photo shoot because I just felt so strong, so healthy, so empowered. So I encourage people, I know it can be expensive, but definitely do a maternity shoot. And then I encourage you to maybe like do a boudoir shoot. I've never done that before. I have friends that have. I even had a student. Shout out to Lindsay. You know who you are. I won't say your whole government name. (laughs) But she was my fitness student of mine who did a boudoir shoot for her husband. And she felt so beautiful and sexy. And she sent me like, 
you know, little uh, BTS from the photo shoot. And it was such a gift to know that I have helped another woman feel beautiful. And a little story about her, she's going to be like, oh my God, um, is I remember when I met her in person, because, you know, she was my student virtually. She has the sexiest doggone legs ever. Okay. And I was one of the first things I told her when I met her, I was like, damn girl, your legs are everything. And she's like, you know what, Rachel, I've never loved my legs. I thought they were too big. And I got these little, you know, little skinny little things. They strong, but they, they little, you know, I, I prayed. I thought after kids, I would get some hips, some, some ass and some, some thigh. And it just <laughs> didn't happen. It's, it's not in the cards for me. God was like, I gave you what you have and you better love it. And I do, I do, I do. But you know, a little bit more meat in a caboose would be delightful. Um, <laughs> even though my mom recently, I was like, dang, I think my butt is a little bit bigger. She was like, it is. And I was like, Oh, was that a compliment? I don't know. Anyway. Um, so yes, the, the rest of the story about Lindsay is, you know, being able to help women feel beautiful about their bodies and own the skin they're in is one of the most magical gifts that I have in my life and in the work that I do. Um, I think most of you know, like I have a specialty in pre and postnatal fitness. Um, I'm also a doula and a lactation counselor. And, you know, some people might think my DMs are hot, but they're hot with women who DM me feeling empowered and thanking me for preparing them to have an empowered birth experience. And so today we're talking about not letting kids steal your sexy. And there is something, you know, a huge thing that happens to you once a human being exits your body and immediately you physically don't recognize yourself. Oftentimes emotionally, you don't recognize yourself, your dynamics of your relationships with your partner, your friends and your family shift. It's a humongous, you know, like a seismic shift that happens in every way when you become a mother. And each time you become a mother, it's very different. And so there's just massive shifts that happen. But what I want to, you know, give you is, you know, just make sure there's always something that you do for you to make you say, oh, that's me, right? Is it, I always put on earrings or I always wear a bracelet or an anklet, just little things to say, this is me and this makes me feel beautiful, but more importantly, sexy. And, you know, I've had this thing where I, I've been saying for a while, don't let these kids steal your sexy. And then I go to Instagram and I'm like, is it OK that I say sexy? Because then people think about sex. And I'm like, well, if people are having kids then we kind of know they're having sex. So why can't we talk about this? And so, you know, for my birthday episode in my sequins, I'm grown and I have two kids, which means I've had sex to have kids. <laughs> and. I also enjoy sensuality and sexuality and sex. And I remember growing up um, thinking like once you have kids, you don't really have sex or it's like over or something like that. That was somewhat the narrative. And, you know, sorry to put my parents on the spot. I didn't see them do a lot of affection. Like some parents are super loving and touchy and all of that in front of their children and others aren't. And mine weren't. But I always was like, why don't you, why don't you like grab each other and like love on each other? That would be great. Uh, that was just because I'm a touchy feely human being with friends, you know, and all that. So I, I remember after having a 33 hour labor, 30 hours of excruciating, painful labor, 
with Samuel and then three hours of pushing, you know, I had my six week checkup and I looked at their dad and I was like, let's go. And he was like, I saw too much. (laughs) I was actually going to, I'm going to blame my doula and my midwife. He was such a great birth coach. Um, I had a doula, I had a midwife, and then I had, um, you know, my husband and he was so supportive. He was really beautiful with the birth of Samuel. But as a doula, I don't let dads see anything after the baby comes out. And he saw the placenta come out and then, you know, make sure I was good with the whole, you know, forearm situation and they got everything. It's a, and they like do this excavation thing. I might be telling y'all too much where they kind of stick their whole forearm in your vagina and like make sure they got everything. <laughs> and so I don't let partners see that for obvious reasons. And so my partner saw that. And so at our at six weeks, my hormones were raging. I was like, what? I thought I was never going to want to have sex again in life. I was like, but let's get it. I was just, you know, milk everywhere and babies crying. But I was still like, I love my husband. My body created a baby and delivered a baby. And now I'm like, you know, a milkmaid. It just worked for me. It, it I, I, you know, and, and it... I don't get it twisted. I pushed Samuel out for three hours. So things were very stretched out. But then I know a lot about the pelvic floor and Kegels. I got you. And I put it all back together. It was one of those things where as I was pushing for three hours, I was looking at God like, for real, are you just testing everything that I teach, putting it to the test? And I was like, I got you. I believe in what I teach and I practiced what I preached and it worked. Um, Anyway. It does go back, ladies and gentlemen. It does. It does. And if yours hasn't, call me. Um, I'll do a whole episode about the pelvic floor. But um, yeah, I remember thinking almost like something was wrong with me because I desired my husband so much immediate postpartum and it took him some time and then we would get it. And I remember he was just really worried about the baby. Even when um, I was pregnant, um, it was hard for him to, you know, engage in intercourse or whatever. He's like, but the baby and you, are you okay? I was like, I'm fine. I have all these delightful hormones that are making me desire you all the time. Um, so yeah, that part, I was horny while I was pregnant. I was horny after I had a baby <laughs> and it never went away. And then I had another baby and then it never went away. So I encourage you all to, um, Really tap into your beauty, but your sexuality and your and um, your power as a, a mother and a woman. To me, it was like I think what happened was after I had Samuel, I remember cross, crossing the threshold of my apartment complex, and I I just saw that scene from Coming to America where you know they drop the 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 roses at his feet after you know, anywhere he goes as the king or prince of Zamunda. And I was kind of like, well, damn, I didn't push the whole baby out of my vagina. Where are my damn rose petals? That's how I felt about it. And that's when I realized I'm the shit. I created life, you know? (laughs) Um, And so it empowered me and it breaks my heart that so many women, mothers are walking around not feeling empowered because we're literally the most powerful creatures on the planet. Um, so if you don't feel that way about yourself, do the work, journal, go to therapy. You know, even if you have to work from the outside in, 
do that. Absolutely. Please go see a pelvic floor therapist, you know, sign up and I will do a private with you about your pelvic floor because ain't nobody feeling sexy walking around incontinent. That's for damn sure. And if you're not connecting to yourself sexually, you know, with pleasuring yourself, start there before maybe you're ready to reconnect with a partner. Or if you don't have a partner, you don't need a partner. You have yourself. Um, my mom at a young age taught me, you know, I wasn't open to pleasuring myself for a really long time. Um, which is a whole nother topic. You know, I thought it was all about a man, needing a man to do that for me. Or, um, I have now grown up and realized, no, she, but I appreciate my mom being like, no, only you know what you like. And you need to always be empowered to pleasure yourself and tell your partner what it is you need to be pleasured. Thank you, mom. But it was it was a hard, um, she really encouraged that. And I it took years of really stepping into my woman to figure that out. Uh, she tried to teach me younger. So I'm giving you that. Please yourself. You don't need no man to do it. A lot of times I don't even know what they're doing. So. Anyway, I digress. I'm gonna have a little champagne. Okay. Um, so self-care and 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 sexuality, it, it's it's linked, right? If you don't love yourself, it's gonna be hard to pleasure yourself or to engage in a a pleasure ring experience with a partner. So there's that. Um, and I believe the ways that I'll share the ways that I take care of myself is number one, I make sure I'm good, right? From the inside out. I make sure my mental's good, my emotional's good. I make sure that I'm physically fit, right? Not for a size or for some idea of what I think I should be or when some number on a scale. I really hate scales. Um, I just occasionally use it to hold myself accountable, but I don't even have to do that anymore because my boys, when I've put on a couple pounds, they start pushing my stomach in and they're like, mommy, your stomach looks fat. And I'm like, you did that. And you know, my adult beverages, but that's fine. Um, um, the other thing that is really important to me is acupuncture. I have an amazing acupuncturist in the city who I've not seen in a long time. I try to treat myself to my own private trainer on occasion. It's very hard with scheduling. Like, I get this. I'm not out here like, you know, have a week of self-care because that's not realistic as a mom. It's difficult to find that time. But even working out, it could be 15 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you turn on some music, you do, you know, a circuit of squats, jumping jacks, push-ups, abs, bicep curl, repeat. And then, you know, at least you've done something. And by sweating, you know, there is power in movement. And every time I I train just with myself or train students of mine, I'm reminded like, damn, movement is medicine. And I want you to move because it feels good, right? And find what feels good. Is it boxing? Is it spinning? Is it running? Even though I just feel like running is very hard on your body. But anyway, Is it weightlifting? Whatever it is, don't pick up a trend and and say, oh, well, everybody's going to Barry's boot camp or everybody's going to Soul Cycle, like, so I have to do that. Well, only do that shit if it feels good in your body. Be present in your body. And I think, too, women, we are so in our heads, right? So we talk about loving ourselves and being connected sensually and sexually. That doesn't happen in your brain. You don't have a brain orgasm. 
you got a brain aneurysm, right? And we are stressed so much and thinking of so many things. You know, they say women, women are like, most of us, on. you know, we open our computer and we have like, you know, 15 windows and 85 tabs open and shit. And men are like a filing cabinet. They take, they open a filing cabinet. They get one file out at a time. They finish, close it and put it back. And, you know, I would normally talk mess about men in that regard. But you know what? It's a good it's a good thing because they don't have brain fog and like they're not short circuiting in their brain all the time the way women are because they, they do one thing. They finish it and then they move on to the next. And women need to give themselves permission to not multitask so much and to absolutely prioritize themselves. And now I'm gonna sound like a preacher because if mama ain't good, nobody is. So it is not selfish of you or irresponsible of you to hire childcare, to get your nails done, to get your lashes done, to get your hair done, to go to a pelvic floor therapist, to go work out, to go to acupuncture, or to just go sit by yourself in the car. I don't care. But you need time alone with yourself. You know, I I joke a lot of us women like, I'm like, what's your hiding place, girl? You know, I usually, ever since I've had kids, I just turn the shower on and steam. I just... I just create my own steam shower because one day I'll be able to afford a steam shower or a, a red, what do they call it, infrared sauna? You know, one day we, we working on it. Um, But it's my time, right? I might sit in there, take a long poop, scroll Instagram, turn my music on, take a shower, but lock yourself in the bathroom at least. Start there. <laughs> Don't take a quick shower. Take a long one and teach your kids and your partner if you have one, leave me alone. You know, a lot of times at night I had to shower without any help in the home. So I got a TV in my kid's room. Baldwin was still crib in the crib. I'd put him in the crib and I had my camera so I could see everything was okay. I'm like, Samuel, you're going to sit here with your brother and y'all going to watch some TV because mommy needs to go take a shower by herself. I need a minute to myself. Right. Um, So do that. I have, uh, you know, my aunt came to visit and she's in her 70s. Um, I'm from Oakland. And she was in my kitchen and one day she just looked at me and she said, it's going to make me cry. Ooh, she said, you know what, Rachel? I'm really proud of you. She said, you always, why the hell am I crying? I'm such an artist and a Pisces. Oh my God. She said, you really make time for yourself. She's like, you do a lot and you work very hard, but I admire that you prioritize yourself. And I know some people probably judge me like, damn, this girl going to acupuncture and working out, getting her nails done, her lashes done, her hair done, whatever. Um, Yes, I'm doing that. You know, I actually had a girlfriend not that long ago. I had been out of town most of February working, shooting movies, going to conferences, going to a 40th birthday. And I got back in town. I ran and got my brows done. I was like, you know what? Then the next day I had a fireside chat and then I wanted to go get my lashes done. I was on the phone with my girlfriend. I was like, dang, I think I'm gonna just go home, but I really want to get my lashes done. She's like, well, is that really necessary? And she didn't mean to judge me, but she did. And I did, I did a little backing up, you know, on the phone, like, uh, yeah. And instead of explain or feel bad, I was like, it is, it's part of my routine for me and I enjoy it. And so what I need you to do is figure out whatever that is. I'm sharing all the things I do for me. Um, and it, it has very little to do with the aesthetics of it all. It makes me feel good. Like, I don't care if it's winter. If I look down and my feet are busted, that's unacceptable any month of the year. 
And what's magical, without even me being conscious of it, my sons understand and prioritize their mother's self-care. After I had Baldwin, I would go out and I would train with my dear friend Hino in L.A. I had my boxing gloves. And so Samuel would be like, Mommy, you going to work out? You want a box? And then I would record some of my boxing sessions. And so when I came back, he'd be like, Mommy, let me see you. And so one, I taught him, I was teaching him that I have, Mommy has time alone. Mommy has time to work out. Mommy also would carve out time with the boys all the time. And I work out when they're present. Sometimes they join the workout or climb on me and it's a hot mess workout, but it's a beautiful bonding experience. But my point is my five-year-old, and it, it started when he was three, because he was he was just about three, two and change when his brother was born. And he was like, he respected my time. So that I built a household that respects mommy's time. It's not like, what are you going to do now? Or why are you doing that? It's mommy's going to get her nails done. Mommy is going to work out. Mommy's going to the acupuncturist. It is the norm in this household, right? It's to the point where if I break a nail or have too much new growth, Samuel's like, mommy, why does this nail not match the rest of them? (laughs) My son will meet, see a woman and compliment her mani-pedi. Okay. During the pandemic, he was two years old in line getting a coffee. He was like, oh, mommy, she got pretty feet. He notices on FaceTime his grandmother's new manicure. It is so fabulous. And I know that I'm like maybe overemphasizing these things, but I I don't take that for granted because, you know, whether he's with a woman or a man or whatever, he's going to know that his partner deserves time alone to take care of themselves. And I'm super proud of that as a mom. Right. And so I also said we were going to talk about fuck mom guilt today because I don't feel guilty about taking care of myself because I deserve it. And the people in my home believe I deserve it, too. And most important, my children. Right. Um, So start to build a routine where that's just the norm, just like brushing, brushing your teeth. It shouldn't seem bigger than that. And again, I want to highlight, if it is not in the budget for you to do all these things, because baby, yes, they add up, then do some of them for yourself, right? Or just go hike, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, I've talked about self-care, uh, self-love, you know, not letting these kids steal your sexy. So that also is like, how are you dressing? <laughs> this goes to my, to my Scorpio five-year-old. I was going to this work event. And I was going to wear some loose joggers. And I said, oh, Samuel, you know, can you grab, can you grab those joggers? And he came back in the bathroom. He was like, don't you have some tight pants that fit your body? And I was like, I mean, yes, I do. But like, <laughs> why does that matter? You know? And he was like, I don't want you to wear those loose pants. You need to wear the other ones. And it was such an impactful moment. So I'm having a couple thoughts as I say this. Number one, Samuel is into fashion. He styles himself, you know, and he styles me like literally often. But the other day he was like, yeah, no, I like, I bought some stuff online and he was like, yeah, I think you should pair this with that. Oh no, I don't really like that one. Well, what if you put these sneakers with that pant and those, that skirt with these heels? (laughs) 
he's he's pretty dope. I have a friend, Warry Vice, that's a you know celebrity stylist, and I've like sent him videos, and my other girlfriend who's a stylist, and they're like, oh my god, he needs to be my assistant. So it's it's a thing. He's into it. But the day he was like, you need to wear tight pants. I giggled, and then I realized, you know, even at a young age, we appreciate things that are pretty and look good. And that even my sons appreciate when their mommy looks pretty. You know, Samuel, we had a play date with one of his little girlfriends, Anastasia. And he, before the play date was like, mommy, you need to look pretty. You need to put on some makeup for my play date. (laughs) I was like, dang, okay. Um, But he watches me do my makeup for, you know, work or an audition or, you know, now recording my podcast. And he also will get involved. Can I help you with your makeup? And he helps me put my blush on or my foundation and, you know, my lipstick or, you know, brush my lashes and all of that. Um, And it's awesome. And so I'm sharing how much my kids are involved in my self-care and love and all of that, because I think a lot of times as moms, we think it has to be in isolation. And consciously, unconsciously, I've chosen to parent in a very inclusive way. When it's time to do the dishes, we're all doing the dishes. And it's not like, I'm like, it's time to do the dishes. It's your chore. If you don't do the dishes, then you can't have video time. It's just like, dishes have to get done. Trash has to get taken out. PP pads have to be switched out. Dog water has to be refilled. So I'm like, go get the bowl. Okay, Samuel, can you go get the PP pad? And sometimes he's like, why I gotta do it? Why I always gotta do the PP pad? I said, cause you live here. And it's a dirty pee-pee pass. So get, go get another one for Zia. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, and as especially mothers, black mothers of black sons, but mothers of sons for sure. You know, boys process differently. <laughs> and they move like a filing cabinet, not a, a multi, you know, a, 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 a computer, a pro- web processor. What's the name? You know what I mean? They move a little different. But give them time, right? Be patient, make them do it again. You know, when they're like, I can't find it. Go back, try again, look again. Because I'm interested in raising independent men who contribute in household. Not just contribute coin, because women do that too. I'm like, what else you pouring? What else you bringing to the table, okay? Like a coin is not enough because I, I, I have coin to contribute too. So that part. You're going to take the trash out. You're going to cook. You're going to do dishes. You're going to know how to sew. You're going to know how to, you know, take a photo and edit it. I don't know. Book trips. All the things that (laughs) women do to make the house run, men need to know how to do too. So I'm doing my best to teach my boys that. Um, And so when we get to this whole concept of like mom guilt, it helps that my boys are, are, are as equally invested in my care and my joy Um, and my beauty and my self-love as I am. Um, So there's that. So this this thing about mom guilt, can we talk about it? Um, Do you struggle with mom guilt? Let me ask that question. Take a breath. Do you struggle with mom guilt? Now, for the men that are listening, Do you think that you know someone who struggles with mom guilt? It manifests like this. Oh, it's too expensive. Oh, I shouldn't do that. Oh, no, because like, you know, then they're going to miss me. They might cry. It's okay. Like, I'll just do it next time. I'll do it later. 
No, no, you're going to do it now because that's what you want to do. Right. I, I have had this conversation with men. I actually had a, 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 a very detailed conversation with a um, successful like Hollywood movie director about it. And he said, you know, I, I struggle with dad guilt. You know, I'm gone a lot shooting films and I miss my son. And I said, okay. Um, but what was interesting, that same director, when I was in Atlanta on location shooting was like, oh, you know, you have kids. Well, where are they? So as much as he, you know, when we were debating, you know, mom guilt and he's like, well, I have dad guilt. I said, right, but nobody's guilting you or judging you for being at work. And so what I want to offer society is please don't ask women, oh, you're working and you're traveling and you have children or you're, you're, you're traveling without your kids or you're here without your children. Like nobody says that to men. You know, if men are traveling on a work trip, they're not like, oh, you have kids. Well, where are they? They ain't here. So with women, please don't ask me that. They're not on location. <laughs> they're at school. And I've done what I have to do to make sure they're cared for. And so I realized I don't deal in mom guilt, but I was made to feel bad. I felt judged and I felt guilty when I was on set shooting a film because someone said just that. Where, ooh, well, where are they? And here's the deal. I don't care if you work as a mother or not. You deserve time to yourself. Um, and I believe for the women that don't work, time to yourself might cost money. And sure, with women that work, you know, we we have childcare and all of that and pay for it. But I think there's less of a conversation in the household, you know, if you're a financial contributor about you having time or spending money on yourself because you make your own money. Um, but I don't want any mother that does not work to feel like guilty for spending money on herself because she doesn't work. That's a bunch of hogwash. Take your time. Being up underneath kids all the time. I learned and was was very clearly reminded in the pandemic that I am a better mom when I work. I'm just, that's, that's, I'm better. <laughs> Everybody's better off when I leave the house and come back. And in the pandemic, Lord Jesus, I just felt like a slave. I was like, how much domestic work can one do in a doggone day? But anyways, um, prioritize those things. And and I remember with when I had Samuel, I only hired childcare for the second I left the house to get to work to the second I came right back home from work. And that was incorrect. I deserve to build in more time to have self-care, to go grocery shopping by myself. You know, I did everything with Samuel and I would, he would be on the subway with me. I would push, you know, him down 125th street and fill the up a baby with groceries. And we come back and we unload together. We do all the things. And that's fine because my finances were at a different point, but it's super taxing to do everything, you know, with your child. I'd prepare for callbacks with my child, breastfeeding with him crawling on me. I'll never forget my sides for my callback for Ophelia for Hamlet were like <laughs> crumpled because the only time I had to prepare for my callback was with my son crawling on me, breastfeeding on me. And I did it. And 
I know that we as women deserve to do what needs to be done for ourselves and for our family alone sometimes, right? Because it's a lot. It's a lot to cook dinner with two kids climbing on the stove, right? It would be nice to just prep dinner and not have to worry about a kid burning themselves. Um, And I include them often in that, but not every meal do I want to, you know, do a toddler cooking show. Um, so yeah, back to this thing about guilt when I'm with women, um, I have a girlfriend coming over, um, and we're going to do an episode. Um, she's amazing, Vanessa Bryant. And, and she's having a, a beautiful conference this weekend in New York called Unleashed. And we were talking about topics to discuss. And she's like, yeah, we should talk about mom guilt. Everybody's guilty. And I, I felt safe enough to text her. I was like, you know, sis, I don't struggle with mom guilt. And she said, oh, my goodness, I'm so I apologize for assuming you did and maybe making you feel. Other. Right. Many women do, but I don't. And I, I appreciated her realizing that I feel weird because I'm the minority in that category. But with with who I am, you know, I'm like, OK, why don't I struggle with mom guilt? Because I really do want all women to not feel that way. And I think it takes society not being so freaking judgmental about every freaking thing we do as mothers. Do we work? Do we not work? Do we work too much? Do we not work enough? Do we make enough? Do we make too little? If you know, do we breastfeed? Do we not breastfeed? Do we bottle feed? How long do we breastfeed? Do we do we make our own baby food? Do we, do we send them to daycare? Montessori? Do, do we, are we class mom? Are we not class mom? Like there's you just can't get it right because everybody has an effing opinion like an a-hole. And um, that is why I think a lot of women are in their heads questioning themselves and feeling guilty because everybody has a fucking opinion. And I want I encourage women to be like, well, what what is your opinion about your body, your life, your parenting, your career, your partnership, your breastfeeding journey, your bottle feeding journey? What the hell do you want? And I think there's just so much noise surrounding mothers. We can say period women, fine, fine, fine. But I'm speaking specifically about the motherhood journey. It's a lot of noise. It's a lot of books. It's a lot of apps. It's a lot of articles and blogs and friends and this and that. You need to cut and quiet the noise and say, what feels right in my heart? What feels right in my gut for me? And do that. Because Again, shout out to my mom. She raised me to say, only you know what's best for your baby and your body, period. Not a doctor, not a doula, not a mama, not a daddy, not a friend, not a friend that's had 12 kids. No, 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 no. Sis, queen, you know what's best for your body and your baby and your life. So I want you to get in the habit of checking in with yourself. And you hear the quiet. What feels good to Rachel? Say it out loud. What feels good to Alicia? What feels right for Vanessa? And do that. And create space and time and a tribe of support to make sure that you're able 
to build and, and, and sustain a life that makes sense and feels right for you. And when you feel grounded in who you are, when you love yourself, when you are pleasuring yourself and having pleasuring, you know, you know, uh, intercourse with your partner, things just all start to flow. And people are probably like, wait, what does sex have to do with it? Girl, when, when has an orgasm not fixed something? Let me share something. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this. Okay. My friend is supposed to come over. Okay. She on her way. Um, Am I really about to share this story? Sure. Why not? It doesn't matter. When, and it's, this is real. In my third trimester of 2020, when I was pregnant with Baldwin, every single night as the sun began to set in Los Angeles, I would feel an anxiety attack start to hit. And I've, I've been blessed. I don't deal, you know, I'm a <laughs> energetic person, you know, and my acupuncturist is like, Rachel, you do have anxiety and stress. Okay, fine. I'm never going to really admit it, but, um, not, not that way. Like I have friends that really struggle with anxiety. I do not. Right. I have never had an, you know, I had until, you know, that point never had an anxiety attack or a panic attack, but all of a sudden I didn't even have the words to describe it. And thank God my acupuncturist in LA, Iris, bless her, go to Fusion Healing in LA. She is a magical human and healer. I was on the table and I was like, oh my God, Iris, I don't know what it is. Oof, I don't even want to talk about it. I, I was like, I every I just, I like, it's this feeling. And I, I just was doing this with my hands, like kind of shaking and my hands were like elevated. And she's like, is it like a plane that can't land? I was like, oh my God, yes. What is this every single night? And then I would, you know, it's like I was shooting classes until I was 39 weeks pregnant. I had a two-year-old. I had to wake up and like make sure my husband could go work in the garage because it was peak pandemic. I had to cook. I had to clean. And I was so, that panic attack would start to hit. And then another one would hit because I knew I wasn't going to be able to go to sleep. And I was like, I have to sleep because I'm pregnant and I have a toddler and I have to work and I have to take care of everybody. And it just was this whole thing. And it was very scary. And I eventually realized what, what it was is I was afraid to have another black son. And it's still scary having two beautiful black babies. And my baby is my chocolate baby. And his experience is going to be so different. I didn't even know that at the time. And his name is Baldwin and he's magic. And he even likes to write. At two, like James Baldwin, it's so amazing. He doesn't like scribble. He likes, he doesn't like, I know I digress, I'll come back. He doesn't, you know how kids like take big strokes on a piece of paper when they're learning to draw or color? He likes not blank papers. He likes my scripts or my contracts. He likes to try to write and trace the letters on those. So, I mean, how amazing if he becomes a writer and I named him Baldwin after James Baldwin. That would be amazing. Um, but yes, I had extreme anxiety during my third trimester. You know, it was 2020 and black men were being hunted like sport and freaking Trump and the pandemic. It was a lot. It was a lot. But truly, the anxiety was having another black son. And there was nothing I could really do. Right. Like it, 
I'm like, okay, I work out. That's not helping. I meditate. That's not helping. I do my breathing. I do my visualization. I put on white noise. You know, I can't take meds. I was like, so one night I was just like, oh, let me take a bath. That didn't work. I was like, I'm going to masturbate. <laughs> and it worked. So if anybody's struggling with anxiety or super stressed, have an orgasm. It fixes a lot. Um, and if you don't have time to do it with your partner, just do it for yourself real quick and go to bed, child. Just go to bed. And, and it, it's, it's what it, it literally saved me. Um, and, you know, it's a release chemically, mentally, emotionally, and, and it, it just worked. So if anybody's struggling with anxiety, give, give yourself give yourself some pleasure and fingers crossed that works for you. Um, but I've been here sitting, talking for a while. March 19th is my birthday. Um, yay. It's a beautiful year. So, you know, in closing, I chose for my birthday episode to, to talk about, um, self-love, not letting these kids steal your sexy, um, mom, fuck mom guilt. Um, they're really important to me. And I want to give that to you. I want you to love yourself. Do what you need to do to take care of you. We all, all of humanity will benefit from mothers loving themselves and taking care of themselves, right? Because life will be better for you, for your children, for your family, and for anyone that you come in contact with, right? Light attracts light. Joy attracts joy. Um, It's truly the law of attraction. And I, I would just love that we all inject positivity, beauty, love, and peace into this world and this universe because we need it, right? And it, and it takes work and dedication. Um, you know, now that I'm do, doing this podcast, it's almost like a journal that I can go back and watch and listen to. And, you know, one day I guess my kids will listen to this and be like, Mom, you talked about masturbating. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, you masturbate too, bro. So chill out. <laughs> like, um, they've already discovered the the joy of their bodies. Um, and I'm here for it. Um, but, you know, my my hashtag is doing me in 23. My girlfriend, Nicole, laughed so hard. She was like, girl, that's good. And 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 I'm really proud to say that, you know, at almost 40, I'm figuring it out. And I've I've always figured it out and been committed to myself and stuff. But I'm really proud of the woman I am today. And I love myself. And this year, I'm really pushing myself. And God kind of gave me a full kick and a tush. I don't really have a choice to do me in every way. To not overpour into other people, but to pour into myself first. I'm a lover. I'm a nurturer. I'm a healer. I'm a visionary. You know, I'm a mother. I'm a sister. I'm a, a, a daughter. But even my family, I'm like, you know what? I love y'all, but I'm just going to like stay in my 50% of any dynamic that I have, whether that's career, friendship, partnership, whatever. I'm just going to stay in my 50% and really pour into myself 100% because I benefit and so does everyone else. And I don't want to live in fear. And there, what am I waiting for? Um, so, you know, I'm doing the podcast. I'm pouring into my nonprofit birth queen um, I, you know, I'm just doing me in 23 and, and I'm very grateful to God. I'm very full of faith. I feel covered. 
They like, is she going to end this episode talking about Jesus after she talked about loving on herself? Yes, I am. Because I would believe, what would Jesus do? <laughs> Tell you to love on yourself. Um, I'm very grateful for my faith. I'm grateful for my friend circle. I really, really, I have some dope queens in my corner. And I love life. So thank you guys for listening. Um, I love you. Go love on yourself. Do you, boo. Do you in 23. Do me in 23. Um, fuck mom guilt. Uh, and don't let these kids steal your sexy. And if you ain't if you ain't got no cute panties in your drawer, mama, go get you some, okay? Go get some cute panties. Uh, my friend, her name start with an A. Oh, we're gonna end here. <laughs> She's gonna kill me. Her husband thanked me though. I was like, girl, damn your panties. I said, well, what did you used to wear? She started looking at old pictures when her and her man were dating about all her, you know, her little sexting and stuff. And she, I was like, girl, you was hot. I said, you better, you better go order you some lingerie and make it fun and cute. And she did. And I'm gonna give y'all a suggestion. She in or Sheen, I don't know what you say. They got some cheap stuff. You know, you just order that. And my girlfriend, um, she also told me about this other site. I think it's called Yandy. I'm telling y'all, you can get some cute little outfits for like $7. So you have no excuse to have ugly, lingerie, or panties. Go get you some little cheap Shein stuff. I know it's not the probably the most sustainable <laughs> brand in the world, but y'all can rip it and play with it. And 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 this, I'm, I'm going to leave you this too. You know, you're like, wait a minute, I'm going to have time to have sex with my partner. There's a baby in the bed. Also, you know, I, I, I co-slept and breastfed on demand and all of that. You don't have to have sex in your bed, by the way. You can have sex other places. Actually, much more exciting than that rollover, lazy parent sex that we all know too well. <laughs> I mean, it's worth having rollover, lazy parent sex than no sex. But try to switch it up. And 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 partners, I know your your you know your wife or your partner or whatever. She looks really tired, but don't wait till she's drooling. Like, go buy her some lingerie, put it on the bed. So and then finish the dishes so she can go take a shower and get ready. OK, because it's hard for us, you know, to 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 connect with y'all with dirty, dirty dishes in the sink. So do the dishes. Then she'll give you some. That number one. Number two, ladies, if there are dirty dishes in the sink, it's going to be OK. Go get you some. The dishes can be done in the morning. And with that, it's a wrap. See y'all next time. Bye.